Here's another letter from a listener about uh, his bondanus. This one is complimentary on the one hand and um, very pointed on the other. I'm just going to read what it says. I'm going to skip some uh, words because I want to. I don't want to criticize. I don't want to mention specifically aspects of criticism, but I'm just going to address the the ideas. Is there no his bonus today? Question mark. Amazing answer you gave. It sounds very right. What you're saying. Here's the question that remains: What is the correct order of avoida? Are yeshivas encouraging this avoid? In other words, what's the best way to serve Hashem and are the yeshivas helping the boys do it? And then he gives two different types of yeshivas. Some yeshivas, even Masifta age, push the boys by punishing them if they don't deliver, to pass tests, to be on time for the different sedotim. And if you take away the, the pushing and the criticism, um, they won't learn, they won't get up. In other words, the basis, basic motivation for the kids is Shomerah. In other yeshivas, the boys are bribed with ski trips, which is a seitoiv, and the reward needs to be constantly higher because they get spoiled. And the final question is, does this really push to, does this bring them to avoid it? Does the Shomerah bring them to the avoid and does the seitoiv bring them to avoid it? This is just my view as a father of boys in the various yeshiva systems. Avoid it, his bonus, Peter Shamilas, etc., all need to be done this is how the father perceives it in your spare time in yeshiva. Davening is a connection with Hashem, which needs to be the most geschmack moment for you in a day. And for many young and old, it is a nuisance before the next thing they really enjoy, whether it's physical or spiritual. So what this father is saying, if I understand it correctly, is what is the correct way for yeshivas to educate boys and are the yeshivas doing it? Now the second part of the question I don't want to address because I'm sure every yeshiva does it to one extent or another, and every yeshiva could do better. I'm going to make two points in response to this question or comment, even though maybe my response is not directly to the question, uh, but it's a response to this question in an indirect way. The first point is, What's the job of a yeshiva? When the boys leave yeshiva, they should be yidden. Period. In other words, the measure, the criteria for the success or failure of a yeshiva is not how the boys look when they're there, it's how the yeshiva boys look when they leave. If you keep a boy in a system, and within the parameters of the system he works and he succeeds, and when he leaves, the messages that he was given don't stay with him practically, practically and actionably, um, it's not that great a success. It's a success on a certain level. It looks right. It looks good. The point of the yeshiva is that when the boys leave the yeshiva, what the yeshiva stands for should stay with the boys. Which, of course, is very tricky. It's very tricky because uh, for yeshiva to succeed, the yeshiva has to look good while the boys are there and after the boys leave. And this puts yeshivas in a very uncomfortable position. They have to raise Yiddish Kinder, Chassidish Kinder, so that when they leave the yeshiva, what the yeshiva taught and inspired stays with them, but they also need to have the boys look wilder in the yeshiva, the way they no need to look in the yeshiva, which is how you would like them to look when they leave. And on some level, these two goals seem to contradict one another. They shouldn't, but they do. And it creates a dilemma for the various yeshivas, and different yeshivas take different approaches. One yeshiva takes a more summit approach, which means it has to look better now. 
or the yeshivas take what may be a more asetev approach, which means it needs to look better later, and neither system is doing it perfectly. I want to add one word and thought to this, and this is connected specifically to his bondanus, and in a broader sense to all of the Limud HaChasidus. We must appreciate that Hasidus in general, and his bondanus in particular, besides for everything else, it's a grown-up activity, it's a mature activity, it's an activity by a person who has a certain depth and a certain earnestness about a relationship with Hashem. And part of how we determine at which point and in what ways we emphasize to the boys the idea of his bondanus is about how grown up the boys are. And you're going to forgive me for my candor and for my insensitivity. The boys are not grown up. They're quite immature. Now, it's possible that a boy should do a good thing at an early age, um, which is a good thing. It's always a good thing to do a good thing. But the point is the end goal has to be that if they're engaged in mature activities, it has to touch them in a mature and in a deep way. It has to stay with them. Which makes his bonanus, in other words, the idea of teaching his bonanus to boys, a tricky business. I'll tell you why. Because if a, a group of boys, a certain age group, is not mature enough for his bonanus, and you make that the priority over something more basic, like learning. Now, learning is also very important. And learning also requires a certain measure of responsibility and maturity, but not nearly as much as his bondanus. So you need to ask yourself, where should I put my emphasis? Should I put my emphasis on something which is less deep, but the, the, the boys can relate to more realistically? Or should I put my emphasis on something more deep, which means that they're not doing something that they're better able to do because this is deeper? Meaning to say, if I put more emphasis on his bondanus and less emphasis on learning, even if we're talking just about learning Hasidus, Am I doing them a disservice? And I think that on some level, to some extent, you are, which was the point I made. That the number one reason to go to Yeshiva, the primary occupation of Yeshiva Bachar is to learn Torah. There's many reasons why that is. And one of them is because it is easier to study Torah when you're 15, 16, and 17 and to develop a meaningful relationship with the Eibishter. It's, it's a very, very deep thing. Yeshivas in general, and Chabad Yeshivas in particular, their goal is not just to teach Torah, but to have children develop a personal relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But at what age? And at what cost? Those are the complicated questions. And um, this leaves Mashpiyim and Yeshivas in a somewhat uncertain state in terms of what the emphasis should be, what the priority should be. And I think that the constant is that they try to create structure and order and consistent across the board requirements of the type that you could expect yet to create requirements that are age appropriate. That's how I think the system is set up. And you're right, it is to some extent at the expense of more panemius dicker things because A, they're seriously reaching a smaller group of people and B, it would be better served if those boys would receive it at an older age.
and they should receive it at older ages. There should be uh, programs where elter abacharim are given hadracha about elter abacharim type things, which are more pnimiyazdika things. Now, the second thing that I want to say, and um, I'm, I'm pretty sure about this, and that is that we constantly see uh, messages from the Rebbe and answers from the Rebbe and Yechidism from the Rebbe, where the Rebbe repeatedly points out that in our generation there needs to be a Memekarevis. We have to be we can't be Merachetim. The military type structure of a yeshiva, where the Anhola takes a position of being sort of removed and expects the Bacharim to come to them and creates a framework of reverence which raises the Bacharim up, which, which is a great model when it works, it doesn't really work for most of the boys. It just creates the kind of distance that translates into no relationship. But the Rebbe has made this very, very clear. We're living in a time that you have to be Makar of the Bacharim, literally be Makar of the Bacharim, as you were children. And um, maybe by being very nice to the Bacharim, you get a little less out of them in terms of what they could achieve if they were pushed. But you get something more lasting. And most importantly, I think, when you have a yeshiva with a of approach, you create a sentiment in the Bacharim's mind and heart that the yeshiva is giving him the skills not just for today, but for growth. And oftentimes, when the yeshiva environment is a of environment to the Talmidim, most of the growth that the Bacharim do, they do after they leave the yeshiva, but the credit belongs to the yeshiva. So you're asking very good questions. You're asking good questions about the yeshiva system and about the particular yeshivas. I, I don't want to speak to the yeshivas, I want to speak to the idea. Because I'm not qualified and I'm not entitled to criticize. I think the few things that are certain about the question of Chinuch are, number one, you have to get the boys to work on themselves, literally work it to grow. And the easiest, the most basic level of work is study. It's a lot easier to study information than to work on neshama things. Number two, there needs to be seder, things to be very orderly, very predictable, very consistent. And number three, they need to be as positive as possible. I, I think these three things are truths. Within these parameters, figuring out the place for Peter Shamilas, the place for avoid the Pnimis, uh, needs to be pursued. And um, my feeling is that, number one, you have to find the right mashpim, which is not so easy to do. And number two, the percentage of Bacharim for whom avoid the Pnimis applies practically, especially when they're young, is rather small. I do agree with you, however, that all boys should be learning Pidush Amilis, either in the yeshiva or on their own, and they should be trying simply to daven, like mentioned, which is to talk to Hashem and pay attention to the words, and hopefully not just say the words and know what the words mean, but to invest their avoid the Shabbalev, their heart into it, and it should actually be, on some level, a hishtapchas anefesh, an actual tefillah. Someone just sent me the letter from the Rebbe that people are posting, objecting to what I uh, said. And I'm going to read it and I'm going to respond to it quickly. It's, it's a postscript to a letter to written to a Rosh Hashiva from Manchester, I think. And it says, In response to what you wrote in your letter about the way the Tamidim are behaving, That this individual doesn't approve that much. The fact that they're davening long, 
because it's not aligned with their conduct in other areas, meaning other parts of the lives are not lived as maturely as this he's concerned with superficiality etc. So the Rebbe responds you may actually be right one of the facts of life are that we see from reality anybody who examines properly the nature of the youth of our generation this letter is 70 years old for the young people in our times especially it's a very sensitive time they can easily be broken we have to be particularly careful from anything that it's a mistake to do anything which may weaken their resolve in defying the winds of the times in which they live in their environment, meaning the worldly influences. There are certain things which these Bachim are participating in. They're considering their own personal levels it's not yet the actual the, the correct time for them to be busy with these things whereas shall call upon him at the very least this engagement of davening long is adds another detail to stand with a hardness against the winds that are blowing so the Rebbe therefore says, it's very, very serious, it's a great responsibility, to remove, disrupt, or weaken the idea. Meaning to say, this individual felt that it's not uh, correct for the Bacham at this point in their life to be davening barichas. The Rebbe is not disagreeing. He's simply saying, you have to be careful to stop a boy from doing something which is good. If in your opinion, Yes, stira. There is a contradiction. between their davening long, their conduct in other ways. It's very appropriate to improve the other areas peacefully. for the firmness. They should improve their ways in other areas. They should not disrupt the fact that they're davening long. Because it is ultimately, it removes, it adds to fear of heaven, and a greater distance between them and worldly pleasures. Even if it's only an influence, which is indirect, it's still a good thing. So the Rebbe is not saying he approves of the Baham Davening long. The Rebbe is saying that those who are engaging in it, it's a very big responsibility to stop them. And he concludes a move on. It's self-understood that a judge has to judge the situation as he sees it, al-asar, where he is locally. And the Rebbe therefore says to this Rosh Yeshiva, you're in a better position than I to pass judgment on this. You wrote to me in your letter, my leaning is in this direction. That even if it's not proper for the Bokham to be engaged in this, you shouldn't stop them. Our hope, your hope and mine, 
that it should be fulfilled in these boys, what the, Pasuk, the Gemara says on the Pasuk, Ein Tzvacha, Ein Yetes Ve'ein Tzvacha B'chei Veseinu, Ashre Ha'om Shekochalei, Ashre Ha'asham Elokov, that we're protected from the influences of the winds around, from the street. So people are quoting this letter and using it as an argument to the effect that the Rebbe favors very young Bachanim Davani Long and seeking Hasidus for long periods of time. The Rebbe is not saying that at all. The Rebbe is simply saying that if a boy is doing it, you shouldn't stop him. But in terms of a choice of where to put the emphasis in terms of teaching, um, the Rebbe is saying that it has to be age-appropriate. He's not saying anything different than what the previous Rebbeim said. Mm-hmm.